0: The truth is we we are all creative beings. Mm. We just don't all use or inten- intentionally connect to our creativity, but we are all creative at heart. Um, I remember one day hearing Brené Brown um, on a podcast, and she said, unused creativity is not benign. Mm. She even said it festers. And I remember very clearly the day I heard this. I was driving my car in Lusaka, where we lived at the time, And it just hit me because it was this kind of sense of, I've always known this deep down, but I never had the words to put on it. Hello, and welcome to
1: Create Shift. My name's Ellen Carr. As well as being the host of this podcast, I'm a writer, a yoga teacher, and a holistic living mentor. This podcast is here to support, encourage, and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. The conversations had, questions asked, and thoughts presented I here to awaken that whispering of your soul, your own questions about the life you want to lead and to give you the confidence that you can create the shift you want to make in your life. I believe that the way to true health and happiness, individually and collectively, is to live a truly holistic life. A life that is driven by a purpose that feels true and right to us and that helps us to feel connected to ourselves and each other and the world around us and that leaves us feeling fulfilled and content. I release a new season of the show in line with the change in the seasons in nature. So normally you'll find a new season coming out around the solstice or equinox time. Each season has a couple of solo episodes as well as interviews with lots of interesting and thought-provoking guests. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope that you enjoy listening to Create Shift. If you do enjoy the show, I would love it if you would be happy to leave a rating or a review or both. You can do that on iTunes if you listen via the Apple Podcasts app. It's super easy. Otherwise, you can go onto iTunes, search Create Shift, and leave the review on there. I'd love to carry on the conversation with you. You can find me online at being change.com, and you can find me on Instagram at being underscore change. Hello. Welcome to Create Shift Season 5, Episode 2. So, today I have got an interview episode for you, and you heard a little snippet of that at the very start of this episode. I hope it has tantalized you um, into listening further. I assume so if you've got this far. Um, my guest today is Marie Kenny, and Marie is a creative coach who helps and supports artists and creatives to manifest their highest or higher creative power and she's lovely. Um, She's a really, really wonderful human being. Um, She's very inspirational, she's very passionate about creativity and the importance of it in our lives, and she's a super supportive and intuitive coach, and I know that because I worked with her last year, and it was a really wonderful process. Um, She's very playful, um, very engaged, and Um, A little bit different perhaps to coaches you may have worked with before. So I really recommend her um, if you're interested in creative coaching. Uh, All the links to places you can check Marie out online are, as always, with the show notes for this episode at being-change.com. Our conversation, as ever, kind of um, covers a lot of different things. But mostly creativity and the importance of living a creative life and the dangers of um ignoring or suppressing our creativity. Um and you know, as you heard Marie say at the very top of this episode, we are all creative beings. All of us as humans are creative. I promise you. Um, and even if you're listening and saying, No, no, um, that's not me. I'm not creative at all. It doesn't mean you have to be able to draw or, or whatever. Creativity is wider and deeper if that's possible um to be the both than that and maybe after listening to this episode you will um think differently about it so um let's see if if that's the case um marie also shares in this episode a really nice uh, exercise a very short exercise to help you engage with your intuition and tap into that it's such an important practice um and the exercise she said she shares is really accessible So if you've never done that before, um, I really recommend sticking around until you hear that near the end Um, and, and giving that a go. And before we dive into the episode, I wanted to share with you some exciting news that I have got my first ever weekend retreats now live and available for booking on my website so in june from june the 12th to the 14th so friday through to a sunday i'm running a women's weekend retreat and that's here in the north of england at a really lovely place called the gathering fields um it's in the heart of some really beautiful nature and um, i think it's going to be a really really nice um weekend the time to kind of come back to nature to slow down to connect to ourselves to the natural world um, and to share some some holistic living practices that you can then take back with you into your day-to-day life so have a look at my website the details are all on there so just being-change.com you'll see a little tab at the top that says the holistic living weekender women's retreat um, and click on there and you can find out all about what we're going to be doing on that Treat. Um, there is an early bird booking deal which is running until kind of mid March. So, again, if you have a look on the website, you'll see the prices and you'll see when you can get the early bird until. So, if you're interested in joining me for that, I would love to have you. And um, if you've got any questions or anything at all, um, come and find me. You can email me, ellen at being change.com, or you can find me on Instagram at being change. So, I'd love to see you there if that's something that you're interested in. And now let's get into this interview with Marie. I really hope that you enjoy listening to it. Hi Marie, thank you so much for joining me today on Create Shift. I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, so let's get started with uh, my first question, little intro question, which is can you tell me um, your favourite thing about winter? And I'm really excited to hear this because you're in a different hemisphere to me. <laughs>
0: Hi, Ellen. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, And what an interesting question, because I'm literally boiling here Mm -hmm. at my desk in Cape Town. (laughs) But I was in uh, Europe not so long ago, so it kind of reminded me about what I love about winter. And one of the things I really love is... The feeling of coziness you get when you get inside mm. um, with, you know, some nice soft lights, candles, maybe a nice cup of tea, mm-hmm. getting together with friends or just getting to read a good book on the couch, you know. So this feeling of sort of turning inwards and and slowing down, mm. that's something that I really like about winter. Yeah, yeah, I love those things too. I really love it when you... um.
1: You know, if you go out for a cold walk and then you go inside and it's all cozy. And like you just said, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Um, Yes, absolutely. The contrast is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it is funny to think that you're there sat boiling and I'm like, wrapped up, (laughs) it's really windy and gray here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did it take you a while to adjust? um, Like, was it strange when you moved to the Southern Hemisphere?
0: Yes, so I don't know how it works in your brain, but I think when you've grown up in one hemisphere and you kind of associate certain events or certain times Mm. of the year with the seasons, like my birthday is in July, and it's always been one of the hottest days of the year growing up. It was Mm. always during the summer holidays, and I just remember being really warm. And now I find that because it's in the middle of winter, When my birthday comes, I'm always very surprised because I'm kind of not ready for it. (laughs) I've been waiting for the heat or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my birthday is in in the summer as well. So I think I'd find that strange.
0: Yes. And similarly with Christmas, I think I'm just Mm. starting now. It's been 10 years that I've lived (laughs) in the southern hemisphere. So it's a while. So I'm getting used to a, a warm Christmas. But still, I think it's interesting to see for my son who was born here and has only known warm Christmases, you know, yeah. but reading the Christmas books about the snow and the reindeers and all of that, that's kind of like a, a bit of a disconnect there. Yeah. That's, I was thinking
1: about that this Christmas and I was like, watching all these Christmas films and I was thinking, well, they're all in the Northern hemisphere. There's always snow and, and everything about, you know, Santa and stuff, everything around Christmas is to do with that. And I was like, are there alternatives? Are there other Christmas stories and Christmas films that people in the Southern Hemisphere read and watch
0: <laughs> yes there are more and more thankfully yeah. um, I actually found a couple this year that I found very sweet you know about yeah. little meerkats uh, trying to find the cold Christmas that they saw in in books and stories and actually finding it that it doesn't feel like Christmas at all to them because for Aww. them Christmas is warm and with their family so just a very sweet story
1: oh that sounds nice Aww. oh i yeah. good <laughs> um mm-hmm. so could you tell people a little bit about what you do in case um
0: people aren't familiar with you and your work sure absolutely so i'm marie kenny i'm an internationally certified coach and i help artists and creatives manifest their highest creative potential while nurturing a meaningful and unapologetic creative life Um, that work really matters to me because I really, really believe that they can drive meaningful change in the world around them through through their work. Um, I'm a musician myself, so I know firsthand the types of challenges that come up mm. for those who very bravely cho- choose to follow the path of creative living, whether it's their job title or not. Mm. Um, I'm also I'm French, but I live in Cape Town in South Africa. I'm a mom of a five-year-old boy and three-legged cat. and <laughs> I also have a podcast called A Voice of One's Own that explores self-expression, finding your voice, gender, and conditioning. And it has so the best introduction music ever. I love
1: your podcast <laughs> intro. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's <laughs> brilliant. Um, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can listen. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah. Um, so... Why do you think it's important for people to live an unapologetic creative life?
0: Um, I think creativity can be seen as this sort of frivolous thing that you do as a hobby. Mm. You know, there's this this cliche that artists are struggling. They don't they can't make money. They don't have a real job and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the truth is we we are all creative beings, We just don't all use or intentionally connect to our creativity, but we are all creative at heart. Um, I remember one day hearing Bernie Brown um, on a podcast, and she said, unused creativity is not benign. Mm. She even said it festers. And I remember very clearly the day I heard this. I was driving my car in Lusaka, where we lived at the time, and it just hit me because it was this kind of sense of, I've always known this deep down, but I never had the words to put on it. Mm. And mm. it also was a big wake up call for me because at that point in my life, I actually wasn't using my creativity like I used to. Um, and creativity really is the ultimate form of self-expression. It, it allows you to make sense of the world, mm. the world around you and within you. And it's what makes life worth living I think um, it brings purpose, connection, understanding, and all of these things are really essential to our well-being. Yeah, um, yeah. And and because it is the ultimate form of self-expression, not connecting to your creativity somehow represses this part of you. Mm-hmm. And when you repress any part of you, well, that's not good for anyone. No.
1: Yeah. What What's it like over there um, with the education system? Because right now in England, like creativity is just being pushed out so far from from schools like mainstream schooling um that it's it's really sad to see and it started when i was at school but it's it's like a lot worse now what's it like where you are
0: well um it depends so in south africa we've got so many big issues mm. like utter poverty yeah and um gender violence and a whole lot of things you know that, that really like people actually are hungry in this country, even yeah. though some of us live in total luxurious lives you know you've got a, the majority mm. of people living here um live in shacks and have very limited access to education mm. um, there's a lot of corruption as well that's been happening for years and years and years, so a lot of the funding that should go towards education has just gone evaporated so Already, the education system is not optimal. Yeah. But on top of that, you know, creativity and this kind of stuff seems like really a luxury. Mm. On the other side of the coin, I'd say that I see a lot of smaller initiatives that really work with children from a disadvantaged background or with young artists and things like that um, to to really promote creativity and self-expression in that sense because I can see the positive change that this can bring to a community. Mm. So I'd say from a school level Probably like it's very limited, even yeah. though you do have some arts program at school, you know, like you have in in most countries. Um, but 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 it's quite inspiring to see that there are more and more private funders as well that will fund arts and build like art galleries and really yeah. promote African art to to bring like a different narrative, you know, mm. because South Africa being a colonized country. The art was also the art that was seen as better, inverted commas, was always, you know, the colonizers' art and whatever. And you see that now there's a real shift happening and there's a real focus on African art. Hmm. And not just South Africa, but the whole continent. Hmm. There's a a museum for modern art, uh, for African modern art, that's opened recently, a couple of years ago, um, that do incredible talks and uh, exhibitions. And so that's, that's really, yes, yeah, really inspiring to see this. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess um, I'm
1: just thinking uh, with a country like South Africa, that's a colonized country and you've got all this history of um, oppression and or, or repression of, of voices and things, then that, that creativity um, becomes even more urgent, I guess, to kind of help people find their voice and, and express that and, you know their true creative voice, and uh, you know, like you said, like having those spaces for African art, and then, and then maybe children see that and and feel like, well, then I can make art, and then maybe they have these groups that help them find whatever their artistic voice is. I um, feel so like it, it's got another layer of of importance on it. Yes, absolutely. Yes,
0: mm. couldn't agree more. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um. So could you share a little bit more about your journey um, to get to where you are now kind of helping people live their unapologetic creative life and doing that yourself? Because, um, I mean, you used to work in the corporate world, I believe, didn't you? Yes. yes, (laughs) (laughs) Could you share a little bit about your journey then sort of getting to where you are?
0: Yes, absolutely. So I've, um, let me gather my thoughts for a mm, second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've been a creative my whole life. I have started playing piano with my mom before I can remember. Mm. Then I went on to to play the cello. Um, it was a huge, huge part of my life, and I was always really deeply drawn to any type of art or creative expression. So that's something that's really been very present in me and my personality and then yeah it's in in my mid-20s I got a corporate job you know I had a student loan to Mm -hmm. to pay back Um, and I also had this sort of impression that I had to get a real job to Mm -hmm. be taken seriously Mm -hmm. to to, almost to prove myself to say look I can do this yeah Um, and and yeah, I think from the beginning, I was trying to fit a mold that was never designed for me, and I always felt this sense of disconnect, of dissatisfaction, and also I had less and less time for my creative expression, because, you know, working long hours, at the time living in Johannesburg with a very long commutes, um, yes, I just felt like this part of me really faded gradually, almost to a point that... I didn't even realize to, to which extent. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and then a couple of years later, I fell pregnant and I wanted to quit my job to, um, to be able to be more present at home with my child. I was very privileged to be able to do that. And to, then I decided to, to start a graphic design business to bring a bit more of this creativity. But once again, the design part of it for me was a little bit seemed serious enough, if that makes sense yeah, yeah. Um, it it wasn't me truly embracing my inner artist, it was more me trying to bring more creativity to my life in a way that yeah. still looked like I could be taken seriously
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and you know i I did that for two years, and some of it I loved some of it I really disliked, like any job, I guess yeah
1: um
0: and then once I started finding a little bit of balance there we actually changed, uh, countries. We moved to Zambia for, for a year and, um, for my husband's job. And then I felt my, I found myself in a place where I didn't know anyone. Um, I didn't really have close family. I sort of felt a little bit lost. Like I didn't really have a sense of purpose. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I, I kind of felt lost, um, Then on top of that, I had a miscarriage, uh, which was very difficult for me to go through. And I just felt like I needed help somehow, but I wasn't sure how. I wasn't sure if it was therapy, if I needed to buy a course, if I needed to just start doing something, you know. Mm. And then I heard a podcast uh, with Sas Pedrick talk about self-doubts, and it really, really resonated with me. Um, so I got in touch with her and started coaching with her. Mm-hmm. And through coaching, that's how I realized how creativity is so essential to me. And that not living this creative life was really eating at me every day. Mm. Um, and while we were doing all this transformational work, not just on creativity, but on all aspects of my life, I really felt this calling almost that coaching was for me that was my kind of yeah my destiny I want to say almost you know that Mm. I've really always had this urge wanting to help people and help them grow develop their capabilities and all of this and I've got this passion for creativity myself so Mm. working with both of these things for me really feels like incredible and incredibly fulfilling Mm so that's how i got to do the work that i do um and while all of this was happening i um after that we moved back to cape town and i didn't feel well physically I could, nothing was seriously wrong with me but there were lots of little things like i had no energy but really none whatsoever and I always find excuses for that. Like, I'm a mom, I've got a young child, we've just moved countries, you know, it's normal. Uh-huh. Um, then I was like, maybe it's in my head, maybe I'm lazy, maybe I need to motivate myself a bit yeah, more. Yeah, um, A whole lot of things, you know. Yeah. Then I had some weird skin rashes that I couldn't really ignore either. Um, and then I actually walked past... Um, um, a practice of Chinese medicine on one of my walks and I don't know why I was like I need to see a Chinese medicine doctor mm. which I'd never done in my whole life <laughs> um, but I just I was curious I guess and I was like maybe they'll be able to help me mm-hmm. so I got in touch with them got um, an appointment and she I was so surprised that she spent maybe an hour with me asking me questions about everything yeah from my body temperature to my digestion to my cycle to how I feel emotionally to what's going on in my life to everything and I was like what kind of a doctor is that yes, you know? I know <laughs> like, I'm so used to the old well <clears throat> 10 minutes are symptoms yeah and we'll treat those yeah yeah and and then she actually said well there you go you can lie on the bed and I was like oh okay And, um, she did acupuncture on me, which I'd never had in my life. And I was kind of not ready for it. I was like, Oh wait, I'm (laughs) going to put needles everywhere in my body. What's going on? But I kind of went with it Mm -hmm. and she left the room and I started feeling these incredible waves of energy rushing through Mm -hmm. my body. Mm -hmm. It was like shivers and, and I don't know, things on my skin, and, and I could feel things moving literally, but like from an energetic point of view mm. in my body. And I was like, what is happening? Mm. <laughs> I could really feel that something big was shifting. Mm. But I didn't know how or or, or why. Um, so mm. I carried on working with her a little bit, and gradually my cycle started to be less painful, be more regular, I had less symptoms, but still I had this really deep fatigue um, that I couldn't shake. Mm -hmm. And after a couple of sessions, she suggested I would test my thyroid levels. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it turns out that um, I had um, thyroid uh, dysfunction. It's a thyroid condition called Hashimoto thyroiditis, mm-hmm. which is basically your body creating antibodies against your thyroid gland. So it can't perform uh, like it should. Yeah. And the thyroid, uh, for people who may not be familiar with it so much, it's pretty much the conductor of your entire body. Yeah. It regulates your metabolism. It regulates all your hormones. Um, so if your thyroid is out of sync, you're pretty much feeling miserable all yeah. the time. Yeah, uh, it's got a very big impact also on your mood, on your mental health mm. as well. Um, yes, yeah, So once we find, <laughs> yes, it's it's massive, uh, and it kind of explained a lot mm. that I've been I've been feeling for the last few years um so she recommended i started uh working with a homeopath uh doctor that uh, she works with mm. and um and yeah i've been working with these two ladies over the last 2 years changing um my lifestyle quite a bit changing my diet mm. was a huge part of it yeah and while i'm not healed i mean you don't heal from it mm. i live with it and i'm now better you know much yeah. better than i was then um, and it's something I'm always going to have to have a lookout for through my life, you yeah. know. Mm. But at least I know about it, and there are loads of things that one can do to to improve whatever condition you may have. Mm. I think it's um, a really interesting as
1: well, and I know you you mentioned this in the the intro, like the, your first episode to your podcast, um, which I'll link to for people as well. Um, is that obviously the thyroid? in the throat. Yes. Um and uh just also returning to this idea of like finding your voice and uh this that Brené Brown quote of unused creativity mm. is not benign and like I just think that's uh it's you know you could call it a coincidence I guess but <laughs> um you know and all the things about the throat chakra and that that being responsible for our voice and and if and if we're not expressing our truth in our voice then uh, issues going to arise
0: in that area. Um, do, yes, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yes. Um, for me personally, I knew there was a link. Mm. Like when I realized that I was like, yes, I'm not expressing myself, um, I'm not using my creativity, um, that made me question a whole lot of the ways I was you know going about in the world my conditioning my beliefs um and one of the things that I've done as well to to help my recovery and also for my personal pleasure was to learn to sing Mm. something I've been wanting to do like forever I remember singing in front of a mirror when I was little and doing it through adolescence, hiding from my brothers, obviously. <laughs> they wouldn't laugh at me. But um, it's something I've always wanted to do and somehow never allowed myself to. I did all sorts of other music, you know, piano, the cello, the ukulele, but somehow singing for me was not not allowed. Mm. And now by learning to sing and having pleasure in using my voice, using my throat, you know, and expressing mm. myself in this way, that's also really played a significant part in my recovery.
1: Mm. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's those of studies that have been done about around the connections between singing and health and mental health, haven't there? Like, you know, people is recommended sometimes to join choirs and things like that. So, you know, this stuff is, is real (laughs) for people who who need scientific proof of things. There, there are studies around this kind of thing. Um, I just think it's amazing. So, um, what um, kind of things do you do now to live a more creative life? So obviously, we've got the singing um, is something that you've brought into your life. What what else do you do, kind of day to day?
0: So day to day, I absolutely love morning pages, mm-hmm. which uh, were made popular by Julia Cameron in uh, The Artist's Way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it consists of writing three pages every morning and of just stream of consciousness, and for me, this act of putting pen to paper is just—it's um, a creative step to, you know, bring your thoughts that are floating in your he- around in your head onto a piece of paper, out into the real world. Even the morning pages very often can be a lot of rambling. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily. Um, It's really not literature by any means, but it's kind of like it's an exercise that helps you get something that doesn't exist in the physical form and you put it on paper and you can look at it. And for me, if I only do that every day, I feel better. Mm. First, because you flush out a lot of useless thoughts, which is always helpful and it's kind of my kickstart, you know, to anything. If I want, I love writing as well. I don't publish much of what I, I write, but, uh, I try to write every day. Mm. And that's a first step as well. Morning pages just kind of opens the tap in a way. Yeah. Um, uh, and then for me, really music is, has come back into my life, uh, in a, in a significant manner. So I take my singing lessons I started playing the ukulele again and the cello um and it's it's really it's really exciting yeah I also like sometimes to relax I love calligraphy um I like playing with watercolors um and I love dancing as well so any anything like that you know that allows me to kind of feel connected to my creativity I also find that connecting to this creativity fills, uh, fills me up in a way that nothing else does. It's almost a spiritual experience for me. Mm. You're yeah. always so inspiring. When
1: I see you post um, sometimes on Instagram about like a creative practice you've done for your day, it always inspire me to be like, yes, I need to remember, um, you need to do these things. Like I really want to make an effort myself to write more this year because I love it. Like I've, I've always been a writer. Um, you mm-hmm. know, that's the thing I was doing from when I could remember you know, as far back as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to make time for it, you know, for personal projects, you know, nothing that, like I'm writing a story at the moment, it's just a story, I don't plan to publish it or anything, but it's hard to make that space to do the thing that's just for you, isn't it, sometimes?
0: Um, it is very hard, um, especially as it may appear useless, you know, yeah. like pointless, mm. why would you write a story you're not intending on publishing, you know, it's not productive, yeah yeah, <laughs> so yeah 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 um yeah we, we tend to think like our day is short we need to pack it with productivity yeah. and all these things we must do and almost at the end of the day show me what you've done you mm. know how did you contribute today <laughs> and meanwhile doing this creativity or have this creative practice for ourselves is is so important to our well-being yeah. and to our health.
1: yeah And I I do the morning pages, too, and I always notice it when I don't do it in the morning for whatever reason. Um, And if I yesterday, I I had to go out and teach a class kind of earlier on in the morning, so I didn't have time. So I thought, oh, I'll do it later. And I didn't do it kind of when I got back, and I kept not doing it, and I did it in the evening. And when I did it, it just felt like a release, you know? It's like releasing a pressure Mm -hmm. valve or something. Um, Yes. And it's not literature. Sometimes what I write is, I ate this today. (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's really boring but um yeah yeah um I um I'm doing a course at the moment on um yoga ayurveda and holistic health and and bringing all those things together and one of the conversations that came up recently was around problems with sleep and that's something that I've sort of had for a long time and um uh so within ayurveda there's there's three kind of they're called doshas they're like um I don't know if you Mm -hmm. know this do you know this (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. Okay, cool. So um, people listening may or may not know this, but if if you don't know it, uh, in summary, they're they're kind of like energy, energetic qualities, and I'll link to stuff that people can look at to find out more. But anyway, there's three of them, um, and we have them within ourselves. So I've got quite a lot of one called Vata, which um, has a lot to do with creativity. Um, And um, it came up in conversation that if people with a lot of Vata don't find an outlet for their creativity, then they might get problems associated with Vata, one of which is insomnia. And I was suddenly like, oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah, so I may not be sleeping because I'm not writing.
0: That is so interesting. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> and actually, I, I worked around this with, uh, with one of my clients recently, um, and she was struggling with insomnia really, really badly.
1: Mm.
0: And we did um, a single session really focusing on what was missing from her life, you know, and reconnecting to her creativity, like within days she was sleeping again. Wow, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it truly really is. I can't take all the credit because <laughs> she did the work, and she also like uh, looked at a lot of alternatives uh, to to help her yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well. But everything together, I think everything works in harmony. You know, yeah. you can look at taking certain herbs at night and doing certain movements to help you, you know, go to sleep, whatever. But I think if there's one thing like repressed creativity. Within you, and that you are, you've got this urge to to create, but you're like keeping it down. Mm. Well, it, it's always going to cause issues. It's mm.
1: so the same as repressed anything, really. Like when when you look at yes. all of holistic um, medicine and, and sort of in inverting Cobb as alternative health practices, we'll talk about the the issues when you repress anything, like emotions or something that you want to say to someone, that will manifest mm-hmm. in some way eventually.
0: Um, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's yeah, and something. Yes, exactly. And and it's something I've I've discovered, uh, over the last few years, because my, my view of health used to be very different. Um, it was a very black and white thinking, you know, you've got symptoms, take medicine, you get better, mm. you know, and, and yet I've been someone who my whole life I felt like there was always something not quite right, you know, that mm. I couldn't put my finger on and doctors couldn't quite, you know would say it's in your head or whatever. Meanwhile, um, you know, now, now I really see health as something that's really fluid. It's Mm. not something that you, you try to obtain or to, to, to get to. Um, It's, it's something that's going to evolve and morph, you know, depending on what's happening in your life. Um, And your job is to kind of constantly listen and try and adjust as you need. Um, Yeah. Because, I've discovered that our bodies are incredibly wise and powerful messengers. Mm. They're going to tell you if something's out of balance. But we need to take the time and listen to it. And trust it. (laughs) Yes, and trust it. Because we're like, "Mm, it's just something I feel, but what do I know? Meanwhile, you know more than a lot of things. So I'm not telling you not to go to doctors if you need them. Um, But I think by having a holistic approach, you've got the better chance at feeling great yeah feeling balanced yeah yeah definitely
1: and it's right it's like I think we we are we've been conditioned in a way to outsource our health we've been conditioned to outsource a lot of things in my opinion but um our health in particular to to a higher power that we see in doctors whatever which is fine because western medicine and the advancements and the things that they can do is amazing like they're wonderful they're life-saving things um, but I think if we can bring that sort of awareness of that fluidity of, of holistic practices of that, there might be something other so that then when a doctor says to us, this is, there's nothing wrong with you, you've got this symptom that there's nothing, you know, they've done the tests, there's, you've mm-hmm. not got any life threatening illness or anything like that then maybe you can still trust yourself and go yes but there's something happening okay maybe I'm gonna go and see somebody else maybe I'm gonna get acupuncture or I'm going to um just start journaling or whatever it is um mm. and I think if more people could trust that their bodies
0: and then, then maybe they'd find better health for themselves um, yes absolutely um, but it's also something I almost feel like we've been taught to dismiss anything intuitive. Yeah. Or, you know, it's not you need proof, you know, show me yeah. proof. Where is, yeah, where's the data? And while I, <laughs> yeah. I love anything scientific and with data, and I've I've learned to tune in more into my intuition mm-hmm. and a softer side of me, a more feminine side mm-hmm. of me as well um that actually just knows there's an inner knowing that you can't dismiss
1: yeah and i i wanted to talk to you about that a little bit um about how you started bringing or exploring more of that intuitive side of the kind of feminine because it's yeah we i guess in in my opinion a a lot of um western society is quite masculine and um obviously we've got the fact that Yes, a lot of men are in powerful positions, but I don't really mean that. I mean kind of more energetically, you know, in, in that masculine side. I feel like I end up talking to every podcast guest about this. People must be sick of <laughs> me banging on about it. Um, um, but it is that kind of sort of we need the the data, we need the scientific proof um and all of that kind of thing. Um and we're told not to trust that that more feminine side. Um and yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting that you you'd never thought of Chinese medicine before, and then you saw this place and you thought, oh let me explore Mm. that and you trusted that and and so yeah can you just talk a little bit about how you started exploring that that side of yourself more
0: Ah oh, yes, absolutely. And once again, it was out of curiosity. Um, I've always been fascinated with the moon since I was little, mm. and uh, and I came across a lady called Easy Spencer, yeah, who I does love this. Um, yes, <laughs> she wrote a book called Lunar Abundance, mm. and I was very curious about this whole thing around you know manifesting things through following the moon mm. and all of that. Um, and while I am not a big manifester, that mm-hmm. makes sense, like, yeah. <laughs> just maybe I yeah, will get into that, maybe not. I don't know. It's not really a big part of my life. Yeah. Uh, I was increasingly curious in looking at the moon that has a 29-day cycle mm. and my own cycle, which was um, – people who menstruate usually have a cycle between i think it's something like 25 to 31 days yeah. depending um and it's quite similar you know we go yeah. through these phases of like in a spring in a summer mm. in a autumn and then in a winter um so at first it was just trying to see why i was having pain you know and when that pain would come mm. Um, and what could I do to alleviate the pain? And the more I looked into it, the more I tuned into it. And I realized there actually are your energy shifts, uh, with your cycle. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have a linear energy through the month, which, uh, for me was a big revelation because I spent my life hiding my period. Like I did not want people to know because I was like, I'm just as good as a man. Yeah. So I do not want this to define me, you mm. know? So I kind of like completely denied this side of me, um, wanting to be in the same, on the same uh, competing ground as the men in mm-hmm. a way. Um, also grew up with three brothers, so I didn't really have, you yeah. know, another girl, you know, I had girlfriends, but yeah, but I still was in a very masculine world, uh, at home and And yeah, when I started really tuning into that, uh, I found there is such power in listening to your body and what it needs and what you can do and not do when you can push and Mm. when you should kind of just retreat a little bit. Um, And then I started also organizing my work around this as much as I can. Uh, So it's not possible for everything, obviously. But um, if I can, you know, I'm not going to plan social engagements when I'm bleeding because I know I don't feel like seeing people in that moment. I feel like being at home, journaling, you know, eating very nutritious food, uh, really focusing on my well-being. Mm -hmm. And um, it's moments of very open intuition of where both of your, the hemispheres in your brain actually speak to one another really clearly. So it's a great time to analyze things mm. um, and and all of these things. So it's not a time when I really want to be out and about with people. Mm-hmm. But during ovulation, for example, I feel so social. I just want to see friends and I want to talk to people and all of that. So it doesn't mean you just stay at home all the time when <laughs> you're on your period. Um, but if you have a say in how you can plan around yeah. this. And um similarly just after your period, it's a time when you can you're feeling very creative. It's like you're in a spring and you can um it, you feel more attuned to to create to to trying new things, you know, mm. thinking differently. So it's a good time if you've got any creative projects to start, it's a great time to do it then. Um I actually wrote a blog post with um how I work around my cycle um and it's different for absolutely everyone. It's just my experience of it, but tuning into this more or should I say embracing the feminine part of me, yeah, which is a huge part of me as someone who identifies as a woman um it's it's changed everything because. I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you can't compete with others. You can't be driven. You can't be ambitious. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that you're using your superpowers that are uniquely yours. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, superpowers. (laughs) That's Mm. it. Yeah. Um, and, And, yeah, and I think to go back to your question as well as to maybe why do we not necessarily embrace this side of us is, mm. um, I, I, I truly believe women are healers at heart. Mm. Women are carers and healers, not just that, but we have a very, I think we've got healing abilities. Um, I'm not saying men don't, um, I would just think, and it's just my opinion that I feel women have this within themselves, um, and it's something that's been completely repressed um, because it was seen as dangerous, you know. And yeah. when you see is being burnt and all of that, what we're yeah. is they were just healers. They were healers. They knew the herbs. They knew the body. They knew cycles. They knew nature. And this was something that was passed down. And, and somehow it was a threat because it was extremely powerful yet extremely simple. Yeah. And also not, um,
1: not that pin, like you can't pin it down to like, you know, slightly mm. unknown, <laughs> a it's little, a little exactly. bit mysterious. Um, that's it. Yeah. Well, that was great. I got goosebumps when you were talking about all that. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really interested in, um, in witches. I want to, I want to read more about mm. witches and, and that
0: kind of history. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I've been reading a- more and more about that lately because I'm also finding it fascinating. Mm. Yeah, it's just a curiosity a great, around, Yeah, a great book that I absolutely love that is also incredibly funny and well-written is uh, Witch by Lisa Lister. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a really, really good read. All right, it's thank you. Practical. It's got a bit of the history. It's practical and she's, uh, she's hilarious. I love her style of oh, writing. Fab. She brings it down to earth. Um, great. And it's a very, very empowering read. You know, you feel unstoppable after you read that. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, I'll link to that in the show notes
1: for anyone else who's excited about that. I'm going to look it up and get myself a copy. Um, Do you know about um, just when you were talking about um, sort of that revelation around sort of women's cycles and, and the moon cycle? And I'm really gonna—I can't fully remember all of the facts about this, so I will put the links properly in the show notes. Like, I can't even remember what it's called. Do you know about that bone that was discovered, like by archaeologists, that like really ancient, ancient, and it's thought to be the first ever method of tracking time? And um, do you know about that? Oh,
0: no, I know ha- No, I don't. I know, and I
1: can't tell you what it's called, but I will—I'll let you know, and I'll put it in the show notes. I can't remember it. Um, but basically, yeah, it was a, a bone that was found, and on on the bone, um, were like carvings. Um, sort of like stroke marks you know kind of like when you do a tally that kind of thing yes I believe that's what it was um that were that are in, in sync with the phases of the moon and so it was thought to have been done by a woman tracking um her like menstrual cycle and and the moon like charting and that's like the first kind of recorded sort of calendar almost
0: oh wow I know. that is fascinating yeah um
1: how incredible yeah it's amazing Um, So I've probably told that slightly wrongly or missed some facts out, but I will pop a link in. People can read about it if they want to. But it's pretty cool, isn't it? (laughs) thats very, very cool. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. I'm just making a note for myself to put a link to that. Um, I think that's a good place to to wrap up. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you now my final question, um, which is, the two-part question so the first part is in your absolute dream vision of the future what changes would you like to see people having made towards living more purposeful and holistic lives and then the second part of that is if people do want to start moving in that direction what small changes and steps could
0: they start making now that is such a big <laughs> i know great question <laughs> <laughs> so i think there's many things I would love to see in an ideal version of the future. Um, but one thing I really believe in is that if everyone developed their intuitive abilities, um, they would get to know them themselves so much better. Mm. Um, and working on yourself is incredibly powerful because when you work on your own shit, you know, you have <laughs> people around you. Yes. Yeah do that as well it's got a really big ripple effect mm. and i believe we can all start this with developing your intuitive abilities because we're all born with an intuition we're just not taught to listen to it and let alone refine it but you can work at it and you can make this uh, an in- integrated uh, sorry <laughs> sorry and you can make this uh, a big part of your life if you choose to it's it's a part of you that just knows if something's right or not um and that's something i work a lot with my clients uh i work on this a lot with them because your intuition is such a powerful messenger and compass for your life you're going to be able to hear about the wisdom of your body that's where you're going to hear your real and unedited voice that's the beautiful place where you can get to know yourself away from all the outside noise and and the conditioning Mm. so I believe this is a great place to start so if you want to start developing your intuition it's actually incredibly simple and yet it's something we all resist so much it's just to sit in silence for a few minutes and just connect your breath and then you do that again tomorrow and the next day and the day after that just a couple of minutes but just sit with yourself really still and just ask questions you want answers to and listen, listen to to what answer comes up. Sometimes you won't have any answers and sometimes it will come as a thought in your mind. Sometimes it might be an inner an knowing or it could be a bodily sensation. You know, do you feel like you're expanding or do you feel like you're closing up? um are you you know feeling something on your skin in your stomach um on the top of your head um there's so many ways so many ways your intuition can speak to you and with time and practice you get to know exactly how your intuition shows up for yourself and it's almost like developing a relationship with the the real you mm. the the real you that's completely pure and that only has your highest good at heart and the highest good of other people. It's um I'm not sure if you know it is your highest self, uh or whatever, but I, I feel like this is a part of you that you you can really tune into and um and use to live a, a more holistic, a more purposeful and fulfilled life. Mm. And there, there's actually a great resource for people who, who are curious about this that I came across during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Intuition Journal by Jo Chun-yan. Mm-hmm. She is a wonderful fellow coach and designer as well. And this mm-hmm. is just a beautiful, beautiful journal where um, you're invited to connect your intuition every day and curiously open mm-hmm. yourself up to observe you know, how that shows up for yourself and what you can discover from it.
1: Yeah. Oh, lovely. That sounds great. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Marie. That was brilliant. Um, would you like to tell people where they can connect with you online?
0: Uh, yes, absolutely. So uh, you can find me on my website, com, And I'm also a lot on Instagram. My handle is at it's Marie Kenny. Um, And you'll find all the links to the podcast, um, how you can work with me if you're curious about creative coaching or connecting more with your your own creativity. Um, And yeah, that's it. Great. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Create Shift. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I would love to hear what you thought. Um, Find me on Instagram at being underscore change. Find me online at being-change.com, where you can read blogs, find past episodes of the podcast, find the show notes for this episode, so any links that you wanted will be right there, and find out more about what I do. I would really appreciate it if you did enjoy this episode, if you'd be willing to hop over to either the Apple Podcasts app, if you listen to this on an Apple device, or to iTunes, find Create Shift and leave a rating and a review. It's not just to feed my ego, I promise, although that is nice. Um, It's so that other people can find the show because the more people who review it, the more that iTunes, Apple, the powers that be will trust that it is a podcast worth listening to and show it to other people who may be interested. So thank you in advance for doing that. And until next time.